Next, the Market to Market Report. Hot and dry weather, the end of the Black Sea Grain Initiative, and a tax on the port city of Odessa drove grain prices higher. For the week, the nearby wheat contract rocketed 36 cents, while September corn jumped 21 cents. The soybean complex moved higher on predictions of drier weather and news of sales to China, Mexico, and points unknown. The August soybean contract moved 21 cents higher, and August meal added $19 per ton. December cotton bumped up $3.26 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, August, th- August Class 3 milk futures increased $1.60. That's a 10% move. The livestock market was mixed. August cattle cut 15 cents. August feeders dropped 72 cents. And the August lean hog contract put on $4.48. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index rose 121 ticks. September crude oil gained $1.79 per barrel. Comex Gold added $1.40 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index climbed more than seven points to settle at 571 even. And joining us now is market analyst Elaine Cub. Hi, Elaine. Hello. Well, we don't have a shortage of things to talk about today, Correct. do we? So, really, the big stories that we're playing out this week the weather and the war, the war in Ukraine, the end of the Black Sea grain deal. Was there one that had more of an impact on the markets overall than the other? Yes, you you just pointed out all the, the ways that these markets have jumped up a little bit this week, but I think we could argue that it is only the weather or the weather alone could have done it. And I say that based on the lack of evidence in the cash wheat market that it has reacted in any way to this news from an export perspective. There's still extremely weak wheat basis in Texas, for instance. We are not suddenly seeing some new surge of, of exports going out of the Gulf in response to this. And of course, it could take some time, but I just wanted to emphasize the point that just because this is a a disadvantage for Ukraine or a tragedy perhaps for folks in that in the global south that need that food, it is not necessarily being translated into an opportunity for U.S. wheat producers given the current state of our exports. Mm, okay. So with wheat, we saw that big rally on Thursday. How much of that was due to just the heat. You kind of covered that a little yeah. bit already. but Well, but wheat, I mean, I, certainly it's a reaction to Paris wheat prices, and they all kind of have to move together. And speculators absolutely do step in and, and react to a big headline like that, and, and it is true. I'm just saying from a, from a physical market standpoint, we haven't seen that really translate into that cash market yet. The situation in the Black Sea is leaving concern that Ukrainian grain and even Russian grain, too, will have no place to go. So how's that going to play out? It will, it, will, yeah. it will find a place to go. And in fact, it's my understanding that Ukrainian grain, it, it can still work its way out through a land route. It could, in some cases, still work its way out uh, even by water if they stay very close to the land. So the bigger concerns, I think, for what happened in Russia and Ukraine in this past week is the damage to the export facilities themselves or the loss of the mm grain itself that was lost in in those attacks. So that is perhaps uh, more lasting damage than this sort of short term, the headlines and and just the implications of of the hostilities. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have a question from social media that um, goes along with what you said. A lot of times, Matthew in Ohio is asking, a lot of times we can start a rally that leads all commodities higher. Can this really be sustained in corn and soybeans? I 
I, yeah, I would hesitate to make too much of this as being a long-term thing for corn or soybeans. But corn and soybeans have their own reasons for moving higher too. So, so I'm not, it's not to say that we shouldn't necessarily expect no more higher movement in corn or soybeans, but I wouldn't pin it all on, on this one story. Okay, well, let's move on to corn. So weather is still dry and hot. You look at that map and yes. it's scorching. And now there are predictions that next week is going to be especially hot in areas that haven't seen that heat. We're talking yes. triple digits in parts of the corn belt. So is weather already factored into what happened last week? Is the market already reacting to weather? Yes, I think some of that longer term forecast has been um, built into the new crop prices because that ridge is expected to proceed even into August and it is not helpful and particularly in the areas of the Corn Belt where they plant such aggressive hybrids and we're aiming for 300 bushel per acre corn and we see such really disappointing crop conditions. In Illinois, for instance, um, less than half of the corn is rated good or excellent and any of the, the yield models that the USDA or any private estimator could come up with just really doesn't have a lot of history of seeing Illinois that dry or these weird pockets of dryness all throughout the heart of the Corn Belt. There are just fingers on that, that red drought map that we showed on the show previously. There's lots of pockets that are very dry and so you could have a neighbor that is 20 miles away from somebody else have completely different conditions. It's a really difficult thing for anybody to try to model the yields at this point in the growing season, which means we may feel bullish long term, but it's not going to show up on the USDA supply tables. It's not going to show up in the traders' estimations yet. It's going to have to take some time for the market, even an efficient market, to, to really understand that. Hmm, yeah, so with this record heat, our hopes of a record corn yield kind of dashed by this if we do see that heat next week? Oh, absolutely. I don't think anybody could reasonably expect uh, record corn yield in 2023. Yeah, even if, you, even if you had excellent rain across the Corn Belt from here on out, which is not the forecast, as you mentioned. Even if that was the case, a lot of damage has been done to the to the plants. Okay. All right, so soybeans. Um, soy has, we've talked about the Black Sea Agreement um, being on hold, and how much will that affect new prices, new crop prices? Yeah, so the soybeans, you have both a fairly bullish yield scenario because they're facing the same stresses from the hot weather while they're blooming. But you also have the continued uh, loss of acres that came in the last USDA report. And I don't, I mean, I, I hesitate to, to get real bullish because I don't want to discourage farmers uh, from selling at these very profitable prices for soybeans. It's more of a, of a interesting gamble for somebody who has gambling money to do, for a speculator perhaps, or somebody who doesn't need any cash until January, to probably wait to really see these bullish implications of this weather that we're seeing today really play out in the markets. It may take months for it to really be reflected. Hmm, okay. Um, with China buying more soy from soybeans from Brazil and not us, um, how much is that hurting the market? Well, fortunately, our soybean prices are fairly favorable nevertheless, because you're absolutely right that exports for wheat and soybeans and everything has been fairly poor for the United States. Uh, Volume-wise, you know, there's a lot of people who suffer when we don't see that volume moving out in that way. But there's a lot of reasons why we necessarily maybe, you know, we're concerned about low water in the Mississippi River. We're concerned about, um, you know, vulnerabilities in the rail system or any sort of freight system. So right now, it's probably not the end of the world and we're seeing pretty good prices nevertheless, fortunately, yeah. Okay, 
So let's move on to cattle. There were two big reports out today, yes. the cattle on feed report and then the cattle inventory report, which comes out a couple of times a year, right? So yeah. was there anything in them that caught your eye? Anything unexpected? Um, I think they were all a little more slightly more bullish than, than traders were expecting going into it. Certainly the cattle on feed was more explanatory for why we have seen such strong cash cattle prices in the past couple of months. The marketings were down 5%, which is a big number. And so we did see cash cattle prices 180 on a live basis in the south and 295 dressed in the north. So they are very strong. That was a jump of 2 to $3 once again this week. So the cattle on feed report was explanatory, but going forward, the placements were again down more than folks were expecting. I think... I don't know that that's necessarily going to translate into a big movement when trade reopens on Monday because we already knew that this cattle herd has been shrinking. The cattle inventory report was showing down 3% for beef cattle. And to me, that just reminds us all that this is not just a flash in the pan. This is not 2014 where we immediately rebuild the herd and prices go away. I think these prices will be sticky because the scarcity of this cattle, this continues. This is a continuing thing that's going on according to these reports. Yeah, and that's something that takes years, years. right? to yeah. kind of reverse. Um, how much is weather with uh, concerning cattle farmers right now? Yeah, well, drought, I mean, that's not necessarily day-to-day -day weather so much as that long-term climate. I think that's exactly why we have not been able to see this herd rebuild and are not likely to see the herd rebuild. Certainly, as you look sort of closer to the, to the eastern part of cattle country, where that drought is this year, they're experiencing, um, yeah, conditions for hay, poor hay conditions in areas that didn't see it in the past couple of years. So everybody is getting the pain shared around in these past three or four years. And I think that is one of the large reasons why we cannot see this cattle herd rebuild in, the, in a near term future. Mm -hmm. The feeders, um, that lot herd is the the smallest it's been in. Is it nine years, right? Yeah, the smallest since 2014. So not smaller than 2014, but the smallest since then. And if we continue at this pace and, you know, with hay prices being what they are and hay supplies being what they are, I think we should expect that going into 2024 is that the, the pain will continue. <laughs> the pain will continue. Okay, so we'll end with pork potentially. Um, with a strong market, uh, or with higher beef prices, mm. will this continue to keep pork prices um, priced well with this idea that maybe consumers are buying less beef? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, is a, there is a play between uh, folks going to the grocery store and choosing pork or beef, but I will clarify that actually beef prices have been softening in the, you know, in the, in the past few weeks, which is partly seasonal and perhaps a reflection of, of, of price rationing. You've got the, the choice cutout is coming down to 300, which is going to challenge packers. But packers are starting to get more for pork. So the, the pork is going the opposite direction lately. It has been continuing to, to grow since June. 115, I think the pork cutout was that this week. So that's actually fairly favorable. I don't think that we'll be able to see that in the futures market carry on much past this nearby futures contract. Once you start looking in October and onwards, there's, okay. you know, seasonal weakness. All right, we are out of time, unfortunately. Elaine, thank you so much. Thanks, Brooke. All right, well, we are going to pause this analysis and we'll continue our discussion about these markets on Market Plus. You can find both analysis and plus on our website of markettomarket.org. These resources are free. Our YouTube page is the place to find our full program, Market Plus, and the stories we feature each week. You can subscribe to our feed at youtube.com slash market Next week, we look at how the hay market is scrambling to stabilize itself as key growing areas struggle. Thanks so much for watching and have a great week.